ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಹಿಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಸೊ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಕ್ಯಾಂಟ ಒನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಒನ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ ನೈನ್ ತ್ರಗ್ಯಶ್ಯಾಯುಷ್ಮಾಶಿಮಾರ್ಹಸಿ ತ್ರಗ್ಯಶ್ಯಾಯುಷ್ಮಾಶಿಮಾರ್ಹಸಿ ತ್ರಗ್ಯಾಶ್ಯಾಯುಷ್ಮಾಶಿಮಾರ್ಹಸಿ you like the chant yes tatcha tatcha jaya shushman bhavataya dvanishchitam ಶ್ರೇಯಸ್ಯಾ made easy ayushman blessed with a long duration of life bhavata by your good self yat whatever vinishchitam ascertained pumsam for the people in general ekantata absolutely shreya ultimate good tat 
that na to us samshitum to explain arhasi deserve Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Please therefore, being blessed with many years, please therefore, being blessed with many years, explain to us in an easily understandable way what you have ascertained to be the absolute and ultimate good for the people in general. Purport. In Bhagavad Gita, worship of the Acharya is recommended. The Acharyas and Goswamis are always absorbed in thought of the well-being of the general public, especially their spiritual well-being. Spiritual well-being is automatically followed by material well-being. The Acharyas therefore give directions in spiritual well-being for people in general, foreseeing the incompetencies of the people in the age of Kali or the Iron Age of Quarrel. The sages requested that, that Sutta Goswami give a summary of all revealed scriptures because the people of this age are condemned in every respect. The sages therefore inquired of the absolute good, which is the ultimate good for the people, the condemned state of affairs of the people of this age is described as follows. Omagyan timidandasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshurun militam jena tasmai shi gudave namaha shi chaitanya manobishtam shtapitam yena bhutale Swayam rupa kadamayam dadati swapadantikam Vandeham shri guru shri uta parakamalam shri gurun vaishnavamscha shri rupam sagajataham sahagana raghunatanvitam tam sajivam sadvaitam savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Kuruna Sindhu Dina Bando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vansha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripasindubhye Vacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar, Shri Vasadi Gauda Bhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So the verse again.
Please, therefore, being blessed with many years, explain to us in an easily understandable way what you have ascertained to be the absolute and ultimate good for the people in general. Hare Krishna, good morning. So this is the purpose of life, is to understand what is the ultimate good for ourselves and for everyone else. And when we elevate our consciousness, when we elevate our consciousness, Beyond the animal propensities, we start to inquire, who am I? Why am I here? What is the purpose of of life? What is the purpose of my existence? In Sanskrit, it says, atato brahma jigyasa. Now is the time to inquire into the self, into Brahman. So these sages, they have decided amongst themselves to do a thousand year, this was thousands of years ago. They have decided to do a thousand-year sacrifice foreseeing that in the future people's spiritual determination would be very low. So they were thinking, let us do a thousand-year sacrifice for the benefit of the future generations. And this is, like it says in the purport, this is the consciousness of an advanced soul, is that they're thinking, what is the best good for all people? And that's exactly what they're asking Sutta Goswami. They're saying, please tell us in an easily understandable way. Because a lot of times... When things get complex or deep or, you know, philosophical, sometimes it's hard to catch, you know, hard to get the point. Just like, let's say, an intricate science. You know, people that are scientists in whatever it may be, technology or even the universal construction of DNA of of matter itself, when they start to explain it, it's like they're speaking another language, right? They're uh, using words that you know are not understandable by the common person. But one of the signs of a great realized soul is that they can explain the intricacies of the spiritual reality, of the spiritual science, in an easily understandable way. It's a sign of greatness and a sign of, of real wisdom that somebody has realization, not just theoretical understanding, but when you have realization of the intricacies of the spiritual nature, then you can express it in a very understandable way. And the essence of spiritual life is that who we are as a person is a conscious, spiritual, eternal, blissful entity. That consciousness in and of itself, is not a material product, or it's not a 
combination of the chemical, of material energies, that consciousness doesn't arise from the combination of material elements, but that consciousness gives rise to the material elements, that the essence of life is consciousness, and the essence of who we all are as as persons is sentient, conscious beings. And first of all, understanding that, there's an aphorism in, in the Veda that says, Aham Brahmasmi, right? I am spirit. But then we have to understand what does that constitute? And the Vedas say that the, the spirit, the Atma, the conscious self is Sat Chit Ananda, that it is eternal, full of consciousness and full of bliss, that we didn't appear at the time of our material birth and we don't disappear at the time of our death, that we continue. It says in the Bhagavad Gita, Dehi no shminyata dehe komaram yovaram jada tata dehantara praptir diryas tatra namuyati. Dirya, one who's sober, one who's intelligent, they understand that for the living entity, there is no birth, there is no death. That the wise person sees that although the body may be changing from childhood to youth to old age, the soul passes on at the time of death. And a sober person or somebody who has some spiritual wisdom, they do not lament the passing of the body. That's hard to, you know, realize when we're mainly absorbed in the material affairs, right? We think, how could somebody, are they callous or are they, how could they not lament? For the soul leaving. Of course, because of natural affection, we may miss our near and dear ones that may leave their bodies. But when you have a spiritual vision, when you understand the true essence of life, that life is eternal, that the soul is the real person, not the body. Just like when somebody dies... We may be at the uh, funeral and say, be crying and saying, my, my mother or my father or my friend, they're gone, but the body's right there. So what is it that is left? Everything is there, right? Every material element is still there. So what makes life? It is the presence of the soul. When the soul enters into the womb of the mother, then the body, the little embryo starts to grow. When the soul leaves the body, the body starts to decompose. And then what do they do with it? According to different cultures, they may, some bury it, some burn it, right? It's just <coughs> given up, right? Back to the elements. Like in the Bible, it says, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. So, not to get you know morbid here, but <laughs> the spiritual reality is that the real focus should be on the real self. So who is it that we're caring for? Who is it that we have affection for in the ultimate issue, even with our own bodies? Why do we take so much care of our own bodies? Because the, the soul is present. 
So the real focus, that's what the sages, they bring us to the essence of where we should put our energy and where we should put our attention. Like Prabhupada said in the purport that from spiritual activities, all material, from spiritual well-being, all material well-being comes. So a lot of times in modern days, um, society, the material well-being is emphasized, right? So much focus is on career, how to maintain oneself. So much energy, so much so that these days a lot of people, like amongst my friends, they couldn't figure out the marriage part, right? Because their, their, all of their energy was used towards their occupation. Whereas previously the balance was a little, a little better. So what, what the spiritualists, what the sages, what the self-realized souls are doing is saying focus on the spiritual, focus on the essence, and then the material will automatically follow. Not that we're, you know, callous to the needs of the body. The body is a vehicle, or sometimes they say a temple, right? The temple of the soul. So we have a proper balance, but the main focus of our conscious efforts is to live spiritually. And the sages are asking here, you know, okay, in the future, in Kali Yuga, which is now the peoples will be very, you know, confused materially. Like, let me read the next verse. I'll just give a little advanced hearing of what they're going to talk about in tomorrow's class. So, Because in the verse itself, or in the purport, Prabhupada says that the condemned state of the affairs of the people of this age is described as follows. And he's talking about the next verse. So the next verse says, O learned one, in this age of Kali, men have but short lives. It's like previously because of better habits and more harmony with nature, people lived much longer. So as the Kali Yuga progresses, the lives get shorter because of imbalance and karma also, of course. So then it says they are quarrelsome, lazy, misguided, unlucky, and above all, always disturbed. So there's different ages, just like there's different seasons, you know. So there's Satya Yuga, and Satya Yuga people lived for long periods of time, and they were very spiritually minded. Self-realization was their focus in life, and they could meditate and pray for extended periods of time. Then it started to go down as the ages <coughs> progressed or degressed. Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, Dwapara Yuga, and Kali Yuga. In the Kali Yuga, it's explained here that a lot of the mass consciousness of the people is very disturbed. So that peace, like we see so much um, retreats for people to 
gain peace of mind and it's <clears throat> such a big market, these self-help, self-help books and because people can't find any peace because the focus is off. Whereas the sages or the spiritual practitioners, they are giving us that vision. And it's very simple, right? Prabhupada said that spiritual life is simple for the simple and complicated for the crooked. Or if you don't if you don't want to understand the simple truth, right? There's no way. It's like if you're pretending to be asleep, nobody can wake you up. If you're just pretending, no matter what the person does, they can, you know, put a bomb next to you or, you know, put all kinds of sound, do whatever they do to your body. But if you're pretending to be asleep, you can't be awakened. So that's what it means to be complicated or crooked. Spiritual life is simple for the simple. The simple truth is we're not just the material body. We're not the chemicals or the skin color or the cultural package that we come in, but we're the conscious, energetic person, the sentient being who lives, who has an existence that doesn't depend on material nature. And Dharma is to reawaken that original spiritual consciousness. So in the age of Kali Yuga, we, we need a fast remedy. You know, in different yugas, like I was saying, in Satya Yuga, the practice was meditation. And people would meditate for thousands of years. In Dwapara Yuga, they would do sacrifices. In Treta Yuga, they would do deity worship, very elaborate deity worship. But in Kali Yuga, the fastest and easiest or simplest but simultaneously most powerful process has been given. The Harinam Sankirtan, the Yuga Dharma for the age, the Dharma for the age is to chant congregationally the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, just like this temple is meant for hearing and chanting the glories of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and specifically to chant the holy names, the Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, the Param Guru of the founder of the movement, he has said in one of his songs, that Amala Harinam Amiyavilas, that all the pastimes, all the potencies, all the beauty and all the opulences of the Supreme are within the Hare Krishna, are within the holy names of Krishna, of the Lord. So if we want beauty in our life, if we want power in our, our life, if we want intelligence, this is all coming from the Supreme, Absolute Truth, Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, and the way to connect to the source of all potencies, to the Supreme, is by 
chanting the transcendental vibration of Hare Krishna and also the Srimad Bhagavatam, this book that we're reading, is non-different from Krishna. It's the sound vibration or the sound incarnation of the Lord. So if we want to connect to the Supreme, all we have to do is want it, right? That's the pivoting point of everything in life is the intention of our desires. Just like here, the sages are asking, what is the essence of all good for people? And they'll come to the answers. Shukadeva Goswami will come to answer that the essence of all beneficial things is to put yourself in the path of transcendental sound. First of all, it's just like any, everything has a quality to it, right? According to our consciousness, that's what we'll get out of life, right? What we put into it, basically, is what we get out of it. So also there's a quality to hearing. Like I'm saying, there's the chanting of the holy names. So yes, yeah, so the quality of our consciousness determines the quality of our life's experience. And the essence is to hear with eagerness. Right? It's just like if we're in a relationship with somebody. Just like my friend the other day, he called, he wanted to call me or he wanted to talk, but as he was talking, he chose a time while he was driving somewhere. Not so good. <laughs> the attention is diverted and there was also friends in the car and then they were talking so obviously it's not going to be that quality the experience the connection won't be as qualitative so the quality of our consciousness for experiencing all the pleasure that the soul is wanting can be had when we're eager to hear it is the most powerful instrument of the body, right? Just like any field of knowledge, we inquire, right? You, according to who you hear from and what you hear, reading is also hearing, that'll determine what your state of mind is. So similarly in spiritual circles, who we listen to and also the quality of the eagerness of our desire to want to understand the essence of life will determine the quality of the result of our conscious experience. So simply, like the sages in the verse I'm speaking on today, it's saying, please explain in an easily understandable way what is the best for all the people. So the best thing for all people is to put, put ourselves in front of the transcendental vibration. So once we put ourselves in connection with, you know, hearing, and, and these days it's very easy. While we're driving, we can put a bhajan, a kirtan on, we can put a lecture from the Srimad Bhagavatam, we can put verses, Bhagavad Gita verses, you know, while we're doing some work at home, or whatever it is. Everybody has these phones that have, you know, can either go on the internet or you can have it in your phone already, lectures, all the talks of 
the founder Acharya, his divine grace, have been recorded, and we can listen. And our consciousness is purified, and it revives our original dormant spiritual consciousness. It's explained that the transcendental sound vibration, it just cleanses the mirror of the mind. That our consciousness innately is pure and spiritual and full of pleasure. It's not something we have to gain from an outside source. So this hearing of the Srimad Bhagavatam, of the philosophy of the absolute truth, hearing of the holy names, it just cleanses the mirror of the mind. Cheto Darpana Marjanam. And then when that mirror is clear, we can see the true reflection of ourself. Otherwise, our consciousness being cloudy, we can't see our true self, and it's not, um, the true self is not being experienced, or we're not acting on the level of the soul. So that's what is the discord, is that we want to, we have a feeling within ourselves, I want to feel peace, I want to feel love, I want to feel happiness, but we're not always meeting that. Because it's innate, it's natural. The soul is intrinsically full of pleasure in connection to the Supreme Soul. That's what the hearing and chanting does. It connects where the word yoga means to link up to yoke, to link up with the Supreme. And what we do in the Hare Krishna movement is bhakti yoga. We link up in loving devotion. It's the nature of the soul to love and be loved. And we're intimately connected in a loving relationship with the Supreme Soul. The individual, every individual spirit soul is connected in a loving relationship, in devotion, and that is revived or reawakened by the chanting of Krishna. Krishna. Thank you. (laughs) So Hare Krishna, thanks for your attention. Any questions or comments? Yes. We should never really blame Krishna for the material entanglements that we're in. No. If they if they if they want to be Krishna conscious if they want to be connected to Krishna in a devotional way, even let's say they have done things previously that have led them away from Krishna and put them in a circumstance like you're saying in a mental hospital or jail or or even just... Yeah, I'm just saying it could be any any circumstance that they may not want to be in their consciousness can be devoted and focused on Krishna. Even if they have previously not wanted to, that's the beautiful thing about every moment. We can choose, okay, now I want to be God conscious. Even if the Yamadutas just came, you can be Krishna... I'm not saying... The Yamadutas are coming towards you, you can choose to be Krishna conscious then. Like Yamaraj, right? That story in the Bhagavatam. He cha- you know, he chanted the name of his son Narayan. 
Yeah, that's... But now, how do you feel about that? Now, now that you're, you know, not there... See, the thing is, the consciousness is to try to think that the material, karmic circumstances we get ourselves into are our choices. Krishna wants us to be blissful beyond our imagination and the material, let's say, material circumstances we get ourselves into, that's our doing. Of course, Krishna is the cause of all causes, but we desire to either be in line with Krishna's spiritual energy or his material energy. And to the degree, the different degrees, because it's not just, you know, black and white, that makes all the varieties of the material circumstances. But a pure, spiritually realized Krishna conscious person, they see that the any material circumstance is not the true nature of the soul's full pleasure. So that's why sometimes, you know, like sannyasis or, you know, persons that... It, they're dedicating their full energy to spiritual realization, Krishna consciousness, and they try to help people in the best way by giving them the essence of spiritual life. So whatever the circumstances, it's not good to curse or to blame Krishna. We should always think, okay, I, from Krishna's side, it's like a loving father, you know. Sometimes it's said that Krishna is millions and millions of times more loving than the most unconditional loving mother. But it's from our side, we have to, love is, you know, takes two to tango, as they say. You know, love goes both ways. We have to be open, and we have to want to reciprocate on the spiritual level. And to the different degrees that we don't want to, to those degrees, that's what our material circumstances. It may be a mixed bag, you know, Partially spiritual, partially material, you know. So, yeah, try to... I mean, that's what we're all... You were saying you were, you were in a mental institution, but the, it's explained that the material world itself is a correctional facility. The whole cosmic creation is for those souls that, that are re, trying to revive their original healthy mental, spiritual state of mind. So we're all in the same boat in this, in that sense. We're all trying to, you know, revive our original Krishna consciousness, our original spiritual awareness. And we're in it together. So we, we should help each other. And the best way to help each other is to increase our spiritual quality of consciousness. That's what temples are for. It's what sangha, sadhu sangha, to associate with holy people, to read the books, to give us a good framework of mind, how to guide ourselves back to that blissful state. Thank you for the good personal questions. Would you like to say anything? So thank you very much for your kind attention. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. Shri Krishna Bhagavan Ki.
So we have Jamastami coming up on the 23rd. Very special, uh, you know, opportunity. But sometimes they say that these holy days are like windows to the spiritual world. Yeah, that's not good. No, I mean, Krishna, just like a loving father, like I was saying, that Krishna is more, millions and millions of times more unconditionally loving. I can't say, yeah, I can't say what Krishna can do. I'm not at that stage of my spiritual life. I can't say what Krishna is going to do, but I... I have a sentiment, you know, a spiritual feeling that Krishna's love, he'll see, okay, my child is not acting properly. Let me, you know, orchestrate. Whatever Krishna does will be for your benefit. So the loving father, sometimes they may punish, but in a way that it is for your ultimate best So Krishna is unlimitedly times more loving than any mother or father of the material world. So, yeah, have appreciation or faith. You know, we're also, association is meant to increase our faith in the loving reciprocation of Krishna. Okay? Hare Krishna. Thank you.